Thanks for being here. I believe that Jesus thanks you for being here. It's, it's a time of worship where we adore Jesus, the deity of Christ, his lordship. And it just, it just should make us well up with appreciation. It's that song, forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. That's just us right now. Don't picture the voice, but just picture the theme and the song. Hey, in light of school returning, this is the world clock. I think it's, think it's over at like uh, in Los Angeles, like for the whole world. Um, just kidding. We're just fascinated with California because we live here now and there are so many things to do. And um, I, know, I could go on and on, uh, but, um, but you already know the great things. The Institute of Time Measurement. Look at the standard time, the daylight savings time, and then summer vacation time. That one always runs fast. Okay, tough group. It's always been a tough group for comics, but uh, that's okay. I keep digging, and we'll find things that'll just make you just have a really belly laugh at some point. At some point, at some month. Um, anyway, hey, Timothy. Timothy, that's kind of an awkward slide. Marlon and I went to go visit a guy named Timothy. He had come to the church probably six months ago, but now he's bedridden, and he's taken a lot of morphine to, to make himself comfortable. And uh, I believe he's on hospice, and one of the, the, the church members here takes care of him basically around the clock. So we drove up. I think that streetlight is center right there. Is that the next street center? Central. Okay. So central. And then you just go right. And, uh, and then what happens is once you get there and go right, you go into the mountains. And you go far into the mountains where they like, uh, I didn't see any electricity, but they have like a solar panel. Um, and the solar panel's enough to, I guess, as Marlon explained to me, to tie into a battery um, that will help operate his electric bed to move him up and to down and, and to make him you know, somewhat comfortable. And so um, I thought that was interesting. And he's lived up there for quite a while. And uh, we get into the house, and the first thing we hear is Genesis um, playing verse by verse. And uh, it's like he's listening to Genesis 1, 2, 3, 4, you know, 5. And it was just amazing that he's, he's, he's on his deathbed, and, and this is what he chooses to listen to to give him hope. So then we get talking with him. Uh, we found out that he, he became born again way back, I think when he was 19. And, uh, and that was a joy to hear. But then we said, how can we pray for you? And the one thing he said, down and out, on his deathbed, taking, medic taking medication for the pain just to survive, he goes... I would like my ministry to be increased. I would like to reach more people out here. So <laughs> it just captured Marlon and my own, our hearts, because it just wiped out everything that we could be thinking that was for God. He says, yeah, the, the people, there's not a lot of people out here. 
And so, and so I haven't really had a chance to influence as many people uh, that, I, that I would like. And so, and so we, we prayed for that, among other things. But God is working in people's lives everywhere, even in the hills with no electricity and coming back. Yesterday, the caretaker got a hold of me. She usually comes in uh, when she gets him settled and uh, comes in towards the end. Her name's Maria. And she said, we have a wheelchair that kind of functions as a multifunction wheelchair, and we're not going to use it. Could anybody at the church use it? It's fully operational. So if you know of somebody, let me know. They have a wheelchair that um, is, is for somebody that needs to have it fully functional. And I thought that was nice. I mean, what could they do just to give to us? What could they do to make our time a little more rich out there? We just learn. God has us learn in such amazing ways. Hey, speaking of learning, last week we talked about the essence and the importance of... That's a sign that you give me the rest of the word. I know, it's been a long time. Prayer. Yeah, we talked about prayer. And we talked about how this was of a vital importance and brought life and community and fellowship with Jesus and the Father. And we just, we talked that that was the necessity for life to make it doable. And we watched a little video on Billy Graham, if you remember, and remember what he said at the end of his life. He said, I would do more of two things. And Jonathan has synthesized it so you won't forget it in review. He's, he's doctored the video. <laughs> and uh, check this out because it's, uh, it's what's most important to somebody who reached 215 million people in 185 crusades. He says, well, well, well Billy, Dr. Billy Graham, what'd you miss? And this is what he said he's missed and would do it again. This is what he would do. I'd spend more time in meditation and prayer. I'd spend more time in meditation and prayer. I'd spend more time in meditation and prayer. Wow. I didn't want us to forget it. I didn't want to play it like six times because then it would be like six minutes. That was 15 seconds. Thanks, Jonathan, for giving us the essence of... Uh, so if somebody who devoted clearly his whole life to Jesus and walked above reproach, which is hard to do, he's somebody that should be listened to, just like Jesus. But Jesus is our Savior and our Lord. And Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, empowered him for him to say, yes, Lord, I will do your work and I'll do it your way. And I'll go where you want me to go. Pretty powerful. Anybody have any changes in prayer this week whatsoever? Thanks, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll take two hands any day of the week. Three hands, that's okay. Because that means there's a couple others go, I'm not going to raise my hand. That would be showy. And it's just, you know, there's just a lot of reasons. So we never get upset about that. Anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's what happened there. And um, we like to review. Because if we go ahead and we don't review the previous week, you go, that was last week. I forgot about your message last week on Monday. 
which is true. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fact of life. We get busy. Oh, okay. Hey, today, boundaries. Boundaries. You're talking about boundaries. This is church. Well, changes that heal have to do with, in part, boundaries. Setting boundaries. Healthy boundaries. And the people you interact with, making sure they have boundaries. Because if not, we find ourselves so distracted. It's like, I am so stressed, I don't have time for God's work. Leave me alone. I mean, really, we talk to people like that. I've been like that. And I'm the creature. At least I am today. Um, thank you, Ken. Boundaries, having healthy relationships. Hey, boundaries defined. I used to have like a podium, but hope I didn't do anything wrong, and that's like a consequence from last week or something because it's missing now. It's like, yeah, you know what? And your pointer's going to go too if you don't straighten up. Boundaries defined who we are, who we are not, what we will do, what we will allow to come into our life, what we will not do, what we will not allow, what we will not allow. You define that by having a boundary. And if you want more information on this topic by the time we're done, um, we have one, Dr. Jack Bracey, uh, who's got his PhD in this kind of an area. His email is, just kidding. <laughs> People need to know what you and I stand for. They do. What we will do again, what we will allow, what we will not allow, who we are, who we are not, you let that be known to others. And then you don't let somebody cross that boundary line. You make it known, they don't cross it, they respect you. If they don't respect you, they're, they're toast anyway. They have no worth, they have, nothing, they have nothing to offer you that's any good. Now you still want to maybe minister to them, but on your terms. You want to still love them and be the love and hands and the feet of Christ, but on your terms. It equates to a successful relationship and witness for Christ. This is what we want. We come week after week and you want to say, Great Commission, let's go. Tell the world for Jesus. Hey, we're meeting today. Church is at 10. Get in here. We want everybody. Come on. We get this idea, but we don't realize that there's people on any given Sunday broken and they can't get to that point. To be the great disciple maker, to be the great evangelist, to invite people to church, to love on them with Christ's agape love flowing through them. There are people, me included, who have, who have issues that we got to get past and establish before we can move into these other disciplines. That's why I'm excited that our discipleship series is coming up and we're going to go deep theologically. That's in the bulletin for later. Anyway, so boundaries defined. Oh, jeepers. These are some very personal boundaries that I had to set. They're very unique. You might find that, well, Pastor, that was a lot of information. Teresa. Teresa was a lady I worked with uh, in an educational setting. And uh, we had to go to Costco one afternoon before the parent class. Actually, we did it during the school day. Didn't have any boundaries at that time. 
Well, at least pertaining to Teresa. And, uh, and so um, I said, yeah, let's go, let's go. Get in the car and go. Now, now Teresa's uh, she's kind of an attractive lady, which there's part of the problem. Anyway, we're going to Costco like it's, like it's no tomorrow. Like there's no tomorrow. Just having fun, laughing, having a good time. But what, but what happened was, is, is I mean, we really kind of connected um, a little bit emotionally, told me about her life and stuff like that, told her a little bit about Liz and, uh, and my life. But after getting back to the store from her, I went home and told Liz. That was the last time I went with Teresa to Costco. Because what happens is, I didn't have a boundary. I didn't have a boundary that I wouldn't go with another woman to the grocery store, to Costco, to get supplies for the parent class alone. Because what it does, it did. It opened me up to an emotional connection that just so happens, if I was to have some bad days with Liz, I might seek Teresa out and say, hey, you want to go to the store today? Because I'm looking for some sort of affirmation. So, so my boundary was, yeah, I don't go to the store with her. Matter of fact, I don't go anywhere with her. I could still be friends with her, and we could still go out, and we did. Her husband, her, me, and my wife. It was great. We still have a great relationship today, and she loves Jesus just like we love Jesus. But I have a boundary there. My dad, my dad, for the longest time I thought when he drank, he'd come around and just act silly, stupid, antagonizing, that, that we had to, that, that was okay. But when he started to come around my family like that, when we first got to know him, because I grew up with my grandparents, I said, I'm going to draw a line, and if you've been drinking or if you come over to drink, we don't want you to come over. I love you, um, just as you are, but, but that influence, I don't want my, my family to have to go through that destruction and some of the things that are said that you regret later. So we established a boundary with him. He was quite offended. He was quite offended. Probably for two years, great distance. Then we wooed him back by saying, hey, Dad, why don't you start coming to church with us? I'm preaching here, I'm preaching there. Come with us. Even if I'm not preaching, come with us. We'll buy you lunch. And he took advantage of it for the next three years. Made a commitment to Jesus Christ. We didn't ever have an issue with drinking. He stopped drinking. He still liked to gamble, though. But you know what? Okay, we'll take it. We can be around him and he's picking horses. I don't care. It's a different environment. <laughs> go, Freedom Flyer. Go, go, go. No, it wasn't that close, but we get the idea. Um, rated our movies. When we got married, I, um, I said, you know, I really like rated R movies. We're really open with each other. And I said, there's, um, there's nudity in those movies. <laughs> And you know what? That gives me a little dopamine in my brain. And, uh, and, and I, you know, I don't mind it. It doesn't cause me to stumble. <laughs> and uh, and I, just, I just don't think about it past the movie. <laughs> uh, she, she caught on to it and said, well, you know, if it causes you to stumble, because I just sense being a guy and so forth, that maybe we shouldn't go to rated R movies. And it's just like, why not? Okay. So we haven't for 32 years, except one, the Passion of the Christ. The Passion of the Christ we, we went to. And, uh, oh, it, it just tore my heart. I had to go look at the, the top left part of the screen. Because it was like, oh, my goodness. 
I just can't understand how much you endure, Jesus, for me. It makes me want to step out, yell out that door again, but it's ineffective. Uh, Jesus, this is who you are, and you've made such a sacrifice for me. But we're finding strategic ways in the church to get that message out. It honors God just a little bit better than being a little radical and screaming out the door. So anyway, so we don't do radar movies, but we, we almost, like six months ago, honey, I want to see this. I looked at the ratings. It doesn't have any nudity. It just, it just has cussing, and it just has you know, a lot of bloodshed and stuff. And she says, well, I'm open to that, but it may be a, it may be a gateway. It may be a way. So we just, we, we just stay away. It's a boundary. Boundary line I've drawn. And I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I don't regret it. And then last, weekends were made for Michelob. Right? Was that the commercial in Arizona 20 years ago? 30 years ago? Okay. Um, they might be. They might be. But, um, but uh, well, I don't want to say definitively one way or another. Jesus, Jesus, God's word says that you can drink a beer if you're of age, <laughs> if you're at home, I mean, whatever. You can drink a beer. It says don't be drunk. So early on, early on, we didn't drink, but we entertained the thought of drinking socially, casually. We observed in each other that we can't eat one rib and stop. We can't eat one cookie and stop. We can't eat one potato chip and stop. So we don't drink. We chose not to drink because we wouldn't be able to have one drink and stop. We just wouldn't. Another boundary line. The dangers that come around those gray area things are too great to risk family, too great to risk strain from the Lord and trying to bring ourselves back. So those, those are some very personal things. As you know, in five places, God mentions to partake of the vine as a reward. Some friends of mine partake of the vine, have some wine at night instead of a pain pill. I would rather them do that than have this opioid potential addiction. So it's between you and the Lord. God says, don't be drunk. Don't be drunk. And at what point that influences happens, we don't take a chance. So, golly, that was a lot for just one slide. You go, Pastor, if you've got 10 slides and each slide takes that long, we're going to get out late. And then we're going to be really hungry. Don't you see how, 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 how much is at stake here? Hey, let's look at this. For those of you who are King James fanatics, this is new King James, so it's close. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Interesting. Solomon writes to his son, and we'll go back to this passage in just a moment and look at it, and encourages him to guard his heart to keep it protected from the wicked. Hmm. Proverbs is good for that. The Bible says to protect our hearts from becoming a hard heart, an unbelieving heart, a cold heart, an unclean heart, and a proud heart. The heart has, it's a significant place for us to hide God's word 
so we don't trespass. Psalm 119, verse 11. The heart is, I mean, it just senses so many things of our essence that we want, we don't want to take it lightly. I mean, look at that. A cold heart, an unclean heart, King David's confession, the sin with Bathsheba. The heart is just such a centerpiece to deal spiritually with the things of God. Keep that in mind. Proverbs 4, 18 to 23, why boundaries, why boundaries? Well, why boundaries? Look at verse 23. Why boundaries, why boundaries? Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Mm. That's NLT. That's right, it's a good translation, really good translation. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day but the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling over. Remember, we've talked about abiding. Don't live in darkness. Don't live for dark things. Don't live for gray areas because gray areas are not bright. <laughs> they don't shine like our Lord is light. And in him there is no darkness, 1 John 1, 5. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. So Solomon sharing wisdom, truth that he wants his son to live by. The Proverbs are great life lessons, life truths that practiced over time will mostly take place and occur. What do you mean mostly in time? We've talked about that in the past. Let me know if there's some question about that. But those are wisdom literature, Proverbs. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. God's word, his wisdom working through Solomon, the sm smartest man alive. For they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Live for God. Live for his righteousness. Oh, forego the world and you'll be blessed and your family will be blessed and your marriage will be blessed. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So if you don't guard your heart, you're going, well, wait a second. If I let darkness in, it's going to flow, according to the New King James Version, springs of dissension and ugliness. But if I let Jesus, if I let God's word in, and I guard my heart and I hide it in my heart, springs of righteousness, of good, peaceful living will flow through. And so that's just so amazing. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Check this out. Check this out here. This is the rationale as to why have boundaries to protect and guard your heart. People who are a little older than me, guard your heart because filth can still come out if you've got breath. Guard your heart. Watch who and what you let in. Watch who and what you let in. Don't take it lightly. Pray about all things. Then you don't have to go back and apologize or have a do-over with some consequences. Check this out. 
Dr. Henry Cloud is like a specialist with boundaries, kind of like our Dr. Jack. And so, and so listen to what he says about boundaries and establishing them. Listen to what he says about this. If we think about the topic of boundaries, the first thing to ask is a definition. Okay? What is a boundary? Basically, a boundary is a property line, pure and simple. That's all a boundary is. Now, in the physical world, let's say that you have a house, right? Or you rent a house or apartment or something. You've got a property line. If you go down to the courthouse, you can see there's a plot map. This is where your property begins, and this is where it ends, right? This is yours. Now, what does a boundary do? Once you have a definition, well, it defines ownership. Who owns this? Because if you know who owns it, you know who controls it. And if you know who controls it, you also know who to hold responsible for it. Okay? So who owns it, who's in control of it, and who's responsible for it? That's what boundaries tell us. Because in the physical world, you've got a fence maybe around your house and you can see it. But in the immaterial world of relationships and your immaterial being, yourself, your brain, your soul, your feelings, all of that, we can't see that stuff. And these lines are not so clear, but they exist. And here's how you know they exist. Because you live next door to people, right, in the world. You have relationships. These are your neighbors, people you're in relationship with. Now what happens is, sometimes people don't take responsibility and own their own problems. They're not taking control of their lives. So let's say your neighbor, for example, if you use the physical analogy, it's got this big tree growing that they're not trimming and they're not taking responsibility for and it gets heavier and heavier and then it, it, it falls over into your yard and it crushes your house. Well, what's happened? You end up owning their problems because they're not taking control of them. Now they're on your yard. Well, what are you going to do? Well, if you have no boundaries, I guess you're going to enjoy a bunch of leaves in your yard and worms and everything else that comes with their rotted tree. But if you have boundaries, what you do is you go define this. And you say, you know what? That tree, that's not really my problem, that's yours. Your rage attacks or your lateness or your not paying the bills or your lying or your non-performance or your addiction, whatever it is, that keeps falling in my yard. And it's really affecting me. I'll be glad to help you. But I'll only be glad to help you if you take ownership and control and take responsibility for this problem. And what your boundaries do, basically, like a good fence, here is the big word picture I want you to go away with. Your boundaries keep the good stuff in and the bad stuff out. Okay? Wow. That's pretty deep. That's really deep when it comes to people trespassing in your space, bringing, wreaking havoc in their life and having it fall into your life, now it's your problem. Well, you'll help as long as they take responsibility, that they own it. I mean, this is, this, is a, this is a big concept. This is happening in all of our families, whether it's immediate or whether it's uh, uh, extended family. This, is, this happens in every family. It just does to some, to some degree. Let's go on. Jesus was known for setting boundaries. 
He would regularly take time away from people, even when they were looking for him, to go to be alone with the Father. You can look at last week's, last week's message to get details on how Jesus set himself up to pray successfully all night long in front of different milestones and places that he, he felt he wanted to do the Father's will. If he felt the need to live into everyone's expectations of him, he would never have had time to be alone with God. That's from our discipleship book, uh, page 26. Check out this amazing tidbit. It even gets better. But wait, there's more. God gave Adam and Eve one boundary in the garden. What happened? <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. That's exactly right. The Lord gave them freedom to remain within his bounds, but they chose to overstep the boundary and sin. Boundaries are everywhere, but we've got to think through them. We've got to protect our hearts. We know that whatever comes into our heart, whatever we allow in is going to come out. And if it's bad, it's going to be bad in, bad out. We've got to protect. The response to God's revelation of their sin was to blame someone else rather than to take responsibility for their lack of self-control. In the garden. This happened in the garden. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. Does anybody besides me blame someone else when they get accused of something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How heartless is that for me? You know, it's, oh my goodness, Lord, you're teaching me. You're birthing new things for me. The man said... The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Well, God told him a chapter earlier what he used to do with that fruit and how he used to counsel and how he surmise his wife and get him uh, caught up on what the do's and don'ts there. Oh, then verse 13, the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me. And I ate it. So you think, what would happen if God didn't demonstrate boundaries for him and us? We'd be toast. We'd be gone. We wouldn't have this, this life that we could experience joy in. Look at God's mercy. Look at his mercy in this example. And this is a little bit of conjecture. And it's one of the couple of theories. But he put... He put a seraphim or a cherubim outside to guard Eden once they were 86th. That means kicked out. Long time ago, turn. Okay, so, uh, say, so, so, so he, okay, I'll tell you the answer. He put a cherubim, he put an angel out to, to guard Eden so they couldn't get back in. And why do you suppose the boundary line was they couldn't get back in? Well, if they got back in, in their fallen state, then they ate from the tree of life, they could be, we could be eternally doomed. Those are boundaries that God set up so we could be successful. Oh, we marvel at that. This is amazing. God is so much better, so much far beyond better than what we can think or ask. So much more, so much more. So how are your or our current boundaries or the lack of boundaries and others hindering our walk with Jesus? you got to think about your, your oikos, your, your friends, 
that, that you are surrounded with. Where do you need boundaries? With who? Doing what? Not doing what? You're guarding your heart. Where do you need those boundaries? We want to think just a little bit uh, further here. <laughs> Learn to do that on the PowerPoints. I had to share that with you. <laughs> uh, Marlon, can you give me one more water, please? Um, my mouth is drying up. It feels like cotton mouth. You know, or you... <laughs> Excuse me. Hey, unhealthy boundaries. We got to go through this and we're done. Very painless. Um, but this is week one, boundaries. Where do I set my boundaries? Yeah, I'm going to pause for a minute and just, uh, just stall till Marlon gets back with that water. Um, but think right now. Pray right now. Talk to somebody around you right now. Where, who do we need boundaries with? What's, what's so big and takes such has such an impact from their life coming into yours where it's taking you off the mission for the Great Commission. That rhymes. What is it? Because we don't think about it. Thank you so much. Gracious. Never got it like that before. I guess because you're like nervous when you have to speak. Jeepers, creepers. Okay, unhealthy boundaries that stem from selfishness. Let's go through these, unhealthy boundaries. These are big. These are big. And, and, and since I'm guilty of all of them, um, it's easy for me to present them to you. <laughs> okay, taking our kids or grandkids to inappropriate movies. Oh, I know that scene's there. They'll get over it. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, sure we will. But boundaries... Boundaries. I'm not going to take, subject my kids to this. And you know what? I'm not going to deal with that evil that comes in that's going to have to go out that I'm going to have to deal with. It's just fair. Selfishness that violates someone else's boundaries. Oh, 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 give me a couch. Oh, 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 oh goodness. Oh, I've got a list. <laughs> my selfishness that violates someone else's boundaries. Oh, golly. We're going, to the, we're going to the sports bar, and you know I don't drink, but we're going to the sports bar, we're going to watch the game. I want to take my friend James because we have such a great experience. Well, James has told me that he doesn't do drugs anymore, and he doesn't drink anymore. And so I'm like, James will be okay. So I had to go back and tell James, I apologize for even asking you to go. He didn't go. But, but my selfishness. Shame on me. Shame on me. Once you go 1 John 1, 9, and we, we repent of that as Christians, we walk and abide with Jesus again. Doesn't affect salvation. We're not going there. Refusal to obey traffic laws with other cars, or with, uh, with others in the car. Oh, I'm going 70 and it's only 50. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I do that all the time. I do that all the time. I don't, I'm not realizing next I'm caught up in a million thoughts. But I, I do that. I do that. At the stoplight, occasionally, I'll see the phone, and it's a stoplight. It's a stoplight, so I can check it really quick. No, no. That's, that's selfishness and putting others in danger, including my wife. 
Um, I thought that was weird. Um, blaming others, not taking responsibility or control when it's obvious that it's needed. So yeah, how about this? Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Look each of, let each of you look not only within his interests, but also in the interests of others. If you go a little further, you see that Jesus came to empty his self, to, 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 to lessen him to be 100% man and 100% God. And if you look at, I think it's 2-7, they call that the kenosis. So theological term for today. Uh, hope I'm right. Um, just kidding. Here we go. So boundaries, here we go. What, what, what boundaries do you and I have? Um, what boundaries do we need? Whose tree has fallen into your yard? Whose tree has fallen into your yard? Now it's your responsibility. That could be another week of not studying God's word, not putting yourself to a process to understand the, the role of being a disciple. It could take you... It could, it can mesmerize your thinking and give you such tunnel vision that life is just, is just nothing but a, a, a huge hardship and nothing but drama, 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 drama. Now, drama does get us excited. It does raise our blood pressure and our adrenaline, and it does keep us going. But it kills you so quick on the other side. Technical assistance, New Hope community. Technical assistance, please. Ah, good. What kind of tree is it? So, so in your life, if you don't deal with it at church and you keep keeping it miserable, you're just kind of living to, to exist. There's no abundant life in living. You're just existing. God, come back. God, come back. God, come back. I've endured. I've endured. No. He wants us abundant life in living, John 10.10. 10. He wants us to experience his peace, his healing, his overcoming power, as stated in John 16.33, part B, his overcomingness that we could experience it. Call people. Let them know. This is the problem. You get help then I'll help you. But I need to see evidence of that. That's why this is so big. Abandonment, control, financial irresponsibility. Lack of intimate connection. Wow. What? Oh, what? Lack of intimate connection? What? You mean... You mean we could have boundary lines? You mean as a married couple, this is, this is what God has ordained for us? To be intimate like this? Ongoing? Uh, hmm, we may need to talk. Financial irresponsibility, as I said. Who owns the wrong that we or others are being affected by? Who controls it? Get that person to take responsibility for it. And then you'll see times of healing come. Don't let the same drama be the same drama. Five years later, you're going, yep, I'm going to do that great commission. I'm going to do discipleship too. And you're like, well, wait a minute. I've said that for 10, 20 years. But I've let all the ills of life and my family get in the way because I don't have boundaries. 
who is responsible for the hurt that we're receiving. Deal with it. Have it come up today. Last slide here. If our music players would come up, please. Boundaries protect us from those who have no self-control and who wish to control, hurt, and distract us from God's plan. So you need boundaries. You need boundaries for people that are out of control, and you need to help them establish boundaries and get help. So as the music plays in just a few moments, Carrie's going to invite you and anybody who would like to pray about the lack of boundaries or the need for boundaries to, to get up and meet someone in the back. And then you can just go to a prayer room and pray. If you've got family uh, difficulty in terms of immediate family or relatives or things like that and you want to get some help, we have people already assigned that are going to the back and that are going to pray with you and uh, for whatever need there may be, for every issue or any issue that may come up. So, so just head out when Carrie, you give the okay and, uh, and just deal, deal. Step out and deal with what it is that the Lord would have you deal with to not always keep it the same because he loves us too much to keep it the same. That's why he's changing us for the better.